Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Zinger Nation, I hope you all had uh, a, a a good weekend, a relaxing weekend. I hope everyone who is uh, in potential danger over in Eastern Europe is safe right now. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here. Yesterday, uh, last week, excuse me, was a was a wild week in the markets, and it doesn't look like that trend is going to go away this week based on the overnight activity in the futures market. So we'll talk about that. We will talk about the Berkshire Hathaway annual letter, but really it's just everything at this point comes down to Russia, Ukraine. There is a gigantic vacuum of news. Everything is tied to what is happening over there. It's just a, an ocean of headlines over the weekend. I'm finding it very difficult myself to keep up with the news flow. Uh, we'll do our best to parse through it and, um, what this means for this week's action and trading and short-term trades and and the like, but um, that's where we're at. It's it's, it's the only thing that matters right now is is this conflict, unfortunately. So, uh, that's it. Tim Quas is our guest today. So smash that like button and let's go to work. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's pre-market prep. Your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, I'm going to bring Joel on now. I'll bring Dennis on in a second. Joel, good morning. How was your weekend? Uh, all things considered, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good weekend. Uh, once again, uh, that news flow is very, I mean, you put it uh, very, uh, very succinctly there. Very hard to follow. Or not hard, hard to follow, just follow. a lot to follow with everything that's going on. But yeah. uh, let's look at the markets, look at the implications for today's session. Uh, the spoos are traded down 56. Now, that that's bad, right? Well, that's not as bad as when it was down at 42.51.50. Uh, that was off that open last night. And so we 
We have one heck of a rally going. It uh, if you look at the twenty four hour market, you can definitely get different perspectives on on how the market's interpreting all this action. Uh, crude, of course, uh, not of course, but up three sixty five ninety five twenty three. A gold that's rebounding again, up twenty five ten at nineteen twelve seventy. Silver on the rebound too, up forty six cents at twenty four four eighty. Uh, Bitcoin, not sure what it did over the whole weekend, but uh, not over forty k here, down eight seventy five at thirty eight thousand two forty. Ethereum futures, uh, they're down eighty one dollars at uh, twenty six thirty five. Let's uh, let's bring in Triple D here, and Triple wow. D, I mean. It, uh, it, did you trade up to 8 o'clock on Friday? Yeah, I traded the whole you thing. You did. You yeah, did. it was just too busy to leave. I couldn't leave. So, yeah. lots going on, obviously. How often How often do you actually go until 8? Not, not Lately, often. last month, I've been going until 8 just because it's been so much more volatile. When the VIX is pumping over like 25, I'm pretty mm-hmm. much trading nonstop just because the money's too high. So, again, with my type of trading and efficiency trading, I make more money when the VIX goes up. So the day trading, not the long-term account, you know, we're all getting hit in the long-term account on days like this, but on the day trading account, I do well when the VIX is up. So when the VIX starts getting up over 25, I'm pretty much trading all that I can because I know it's going to come back down under 20 eventually, and then you're not going to be making as much money. So you got to press it when the times are good for trading. And obviously, you know, when you got increased volatility, the inefficiency style that I have, you probably are going to make more money. So I think last week or at least last couple of days were two of my best days of the month. Wow. So just because you got whipsaw volatility, same thing here again this morning. I mean, there's the you know you can complain about the you know every, you know a lot of the, you know the environment we're in and the stocks going down, but there is whipsaw trading action. I mean, Joel to the lows and the move. You know, last night when we're talking, you know, obviously lots of headlines to follow. It all is nearly impossible. Swift talks of you know high alert on nuclear i mean there were so many negative headlines coming out of ukraine it wasn't surprising that we opened down as much as we did but the resilience of this market is impressive as well and we are off the lows let's talk about that overnight range here joel because we've got to bring it back to that i mean we got hit hard and we've rallied significantly off those lows yeah i was looking i mean i was thinking about that that close on uh on friday and we ended up positive for the week Positive for the week. At one point, we were down 270 handles, and we came back, and and I'm looking. I'm just like, we got within eight points of of Sunday night high, well, you know, which was actually the Tuesday high. And the whole weekend, I'm thinking, how can that hold? Like, how can that in in this environment? I mean, of course, they said they were going to the to the table right so that that was the yep, uh yep. that the catalyst for the rally and i guess they yeah. still are i mean uh putin sent his cultural advisor i'm not sure what uh how good of a negotiator he is so i don't know that that was an incredible i didn't pull up to see if that happened within i see the first 15 minutes on the upper left chart uh so big rally i mean you you got a lot of those uh a lot of the losses back we got up to 43 and a quarter um, and now that's Ethereum here. Let me get the S&Ps back up here. Uh, so we're only down 55 handles. I Just on the upside, I mean, I can't tell you, like sometimes you have a better feel for support or resistance. There's resistance in this market that is, just, is last week's high is right up there, 43.91. We got there on Friday too. If somehow, and I don't know how, 
If this market can break into the 4,400 handle this week, then I, I, you know, then I won't get back on the new all-time high train, but I will just be absolutely amazed at the resiliency of the market if we can reclaim that high from last week. On the downside, I think you're, you just got to have a feel, you know, like 42.51. That wasn't even near Friday's low. So it's really hard to find the support. I think the best thing for the market is we have an inside day, a couple days of consolidation. The geopolitical situation gets a little bit better, but we got to calm down. The, the, you know, the overall volatility makes you, you know, volatility leads to more volatility. So yeah. that's my te- support and I resistance. Mean, we on can that. look, you know, at the technicals all we want, but again, I'm going to reiterate that we are in a headline driven market <laughs> and that can have the prettiest chart in the whole world, you know, but you get headlines, you know, coming out that, you know, Putin's put the nukes to high alert and it's going to knock the S and P down significantly. So, you know, the swift thing obviously was an issue as well, but, you know, we, we've got a person who is, you know, acting very aggressively here now, you know, saying, you know, even those comments, even if it's yeah. just talk, which you, you would imagine this is just talk, but it's still concerning. So, you know, we don't like to hear talk like that, you know, so, um, you know, we talk don't know nice. what said. We don't know what to believe. I mean, and then we don't know what the next headline is going to be. All I can tell you is it's probably going to be a half dozen more ahead market moving headlines coming out of ukraine today and you know if they come to talks it's gonna rally you know if this starts a little bit of calming it's gonna rally if we start to escalate and we start to talk more about nuclear stuff the market's gonna get hammered so i don't know i'm not in putin's mind so it's impossible to predict this market right now you don't know what the next headline's coming so you can look at the technicals all you want say i got this all figured out I think you're fooling yourself because the only person that maybe has it figured out is Putin, and I don't even know if he has it figured out. So you're sitting here, you're at the mercy of the next headline coming out of Ukraine. How do you play that? You play the chop, you day trade, you do some inefficiency trading. You know, I'm sure our bright traders are doing very well in this environment doing that. But, you know, if you're making, you know, I'm going to go all in here, you know, the lows are in, nobody knows that. You know, we don't know what the next headline is going to bring. And it's been a hell of a rally off the lows. So I do think if you're underinvested, if I was going in, I think I would not be going into oil stocks. I've said I've stuck the course here. I mean, let's go to the oil stocks this morning because they're not doing well. You've got the USO up significantly here. We're up 2.63%, 5% oil overnight. It started to leak the gains away. But I mean, a huge rally in oil. You're like, oh, yeah, my oil stocks, my ExxonMobil, Chevron's going to be doing well. ExxonMobil is red. It's trading down right now. XLE is red, trading down right now. On a, on a weekend that we're talking about escalations and a mention of nuclear war, XLE is red. That yeah. has got to be concerning. I'm wondering, I've been saying it for the last week, how much is baked in here already? And if we do eventually get some calming talks, oil could really actually get hit here. So again, we don't know the next headline. If it gets escalated, oil will go up again. Probably the oil stocks going up again. But if you're long oil stocks this morning, I think you got to be massively disappointed with the performance of them because you had a lot of headlines working in your favor, and it's not responding. Yeah, um, I see. Well, CVX is up a little bit. Uh, that's up thirty nine cents. Uh, Point, you know. Yeah, but you're talking thirty nine cents on on headlines that. <laughs> and I'm sure at four o'clock. At four o'clock, were we higher on all these things? Probably. 
Maybe not. Um, let's see here. The 4 a.m. open on not so much for. What about uh, XLE? Because yeah, you know, that's more look. diversified. Yeah, well, it's just more actively traded. So I don't know if that spike. Was, it was up higher. You can yeah, see it there. It I was don't up know higher. What that spike was. Uh, I mean, could, could, could a part of this be tied to you know BP and other energy giants who are exiting Russia? And uh, taking, it could be. It could be. They're they're taking a charge to do so. Nothing in life is free. So they are you know BPs. You know they have a they have a twenty percent stake in in uh, in in Rosneft, which is like the Russian the gov- Russian government's oil producer. They're exiting that position. Those yeah. things come, those things come at a cost, right? The, yeah. the, the 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 Norway sovereign wealth fund, the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world, which is mostly an oil fund basically, um, is has three billion dollars of Russian investments, and they're selling, right? So these things all trickle down. Yeah, so it's I'm a great point, Spencer. And uh, BP is getting hammered here this morning. It's down seven point eight percent, which is going to challenge the low of the move. Actually, taking out the low of the move. So it's a good point there too. I mean, there's so many unknowns as well. I mean, it's this is just the unknown market right now. And that's why I think you want to have some cash. You don't want to be all in. You definitely don't want to be on margin because we just don't know what the next headline brings. And even for the oil stocks, which you would think, you know, would be, you know, the safest investment in this environment, like to your point, well, with what are the trickle down effects here from, you know, what's happening in Russia? You know, I, yeah. I it's really, really hard to call. It's very so much, convoluted. It, it we, is. Need a, we need and, a political scientist here. To... And, and, and I don't even know if they would get it right. But I mean, even look going to the RSX, you know, which is, you know, incredible to look at right now. Yeah. I mean, we were $33 and, and, and in October. We need, to, we, need, we need to acknowledge that there are a number of holdings in the RSX are halted this morning. Okay. Yan, Yandex, Kiwi, QIWI, yeah. uh, MTL, MBT. These are all. Russian companies that trade in the U.S. that are in the RSX ETF that are that are and have been halted now for a couple hours this morning. So I don't even know when if if when they're going to reopen at this point. There's no right. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, there's you know this stuff about you know, and I didn't de- dig into it. But I saw the headlines going by that you know Russia was going to try to stop you know the selling in some some of their stocks they, somehow. They, they the, the the market didn't even open. Yeah, the Russian stock market didn't even open. Yeah, so we're trying to price it, you know, just what we think. They didn't open at open. all, Spencer. Didn't open, and they they prevented uh, selling in. I forget what market it was now. There again, the news flow is very difficult to There's keep up. So many, wow. and and I don't have I don't have a playbook for all this. You know, like we got to go back. Like one, we don't have a playbook for not allowing markets to open. You know, like in this case, you know, with Russia, we don't have a playbook for talks of nuclear war. Look, the, we don't have a playbook for any of this. Stuff. The chart that I just brought up is, is the chart of, of, of the ruble against the U.S. dollar. Right. Ruble crashing, crashing here overnight. Yeah. Um, if you watch it, put it on the inverse. It would look like more. That looks like it's blasting off because you're looking at it invertedly. No, but well, still, yeah. that's a crash. So that's this, the ruble. This, this, this is a crash for the ruble. Yes. This is good for the dollar. This is a crash. Yeah, but I meant if you did ruble to U.S. dollar, it would yeah, look yes. more it would look to your point yeah, because yes. somebody that's newer might not get that. So yes, good point. So, anyways, I mean, we're just in a point where I think you've got to be still cautious, and I know everybody wants to be aggressive and they want to be the lowest in. And you know what? Maybe the talks cool off, and maybe it's going to go. If you're all cash right now, that's not cautious either. I think it's about being balanced. You know, you could say, "Oh, I'm all cash. I'm good to go." 
Mm-hmm. Well, not if this market blasts off without you either. So, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, if, if the talks start to, you know, work to a certain extent and Putin gets less aggressive, I mean, that would blast the market off very, very quickly. So I think you want to have some stocks, but I don't want to be loaded in stocks. So I just want to be balanced right now because of all of the unknowns. That's talking a long-term portfolio. Yeah, not Training just... portfolio, zero swing trades on. I have zero, 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 zero swing trades on right now. Lots of day trades. I have 55 overnight positions. Those are all going to be closed out at 10 a.m. In and out, in and out, in and out. Just scalping, relationship-based stuff. You know, this stock's here, this stock's here. There's a relationship there. I'll buy this one and short this one. All relationship-based is what I'm doing right now. Little scalps, relationship-based trading. I think with the oil, I mean, they can have all the oil in the world, right? But they kind of need us to, to buy it, right? I mean... All the wheat, somebody to buy it, yeah. All the wheat in the world, you know, coming out of the Ukraine and stuff, you know, they they're really economically are very dependent on us. So, I don't know what their economy would look like if they're not shipping oil here and it wasn't in the greatest, you know, the greatest shakes to be in. So, that's look at that's the thing in my mind that I've been been thinking about with the oil and the wheat and the commodities and stuff. Uh, but just going back, you're you're talking about the overnight trading and things like this. I think it, in this kind of environment too, and I don't know, everyone has different styles and stuff. But Dennis obviously trades hedge; it gets flat at ten o'clock. I think if you're if you're really active, and, and if you're doing good, even if you're doing good or bad, it's probably good to like you know flatten out, flatten out, or have some kind of hedge at the end of the day. Because then you come in and you have a whole nother sec of circuit. You know, you're not, you're, you can't you can sleep well at night too. Yeah. Well, you, and, and, and to Joel mentioned off the top of the show, the fact that the, they're having peace talks right now. And at various points yesterday, I, I saw a headline and I thought, oh, this is either good slash bad for tomorrow morning. Right. In, in terms of the market. Cause I saw the new comment and I thought, oh, there's no way we open higher. But then I yeah. saw the thing about the peace talks, and I thought, oh, well, we might well, open maybe higher. Maybe we do open higher. So, like, <laughs> I don't even – like. I, I know. I'll, I'll tell you guys this. It, it is very rare that at 5.45 p.m. on a Sunday, I'm at my computer waiting for the, the futures market to open. But that's, that's what happened yesterday. Yeah. Because I was so yeah. curious to see how we're going to open here because I don't know. Nobody does. And that's the whole thing. And that's why I'm not going to pick on the technical analysts out there. They do a great job. But I will tell you, technical still work the best in the absence of news. I've traded for 22 years. We've had some fantastic, fantastic technical traders at Bray Trading. And they're really good. But I'll tell you, they'll do the best when we're not in a headline-driven market. Because the headlines throw everything out. So it's, it's the same reason why a lot of technical traders don't want to take a stock through an earnings report, because it's a wild card. Right now, those headlines are little individual earnings reports, little wild cards, wild card for the market, wild card for the market, wild card for the market. So, you know, it's difficult. It's a difficult market to trade just pure technical in. You can look, you know, and after you have news, where can we go? That's all works. There's still a place for technicals. Always. That's where it comes We in. talk the technicals. But to the technicals, will not predict direction right now off of a headline because we don't know what that next headline is going to do. Once you get the headline, then the technicals come into play. It's like, okay, where can we go? So we look at those highs, lows, trends, and, and support resistance. But just to come in and flat out make a technical trade right now because there's a nice setup, 
you get the rug pulled out from you here over the weekend yeah. because, you know, because of headlines. So it's a huge headline risk right now. So you just got to be cautious. If yeah. you're a pure technical trader, and a lot of traders that listen to the show are, you're just sitting back a little bit. You know, and, and, and obviously you can do the short-term day trading. That still works. The technicals work. But again, we have breaking headlines in the middle of the day, too. So it's a tricky market right now to just be leaning just on pure technical. You don't have to. You don't have to force the issue, too. Especially if you you know if you're new and you haven't you know been in this kind of market environment you know you can either yeah. you can you know you could be a little bit more uh, discretionary or you could trade. Also, another thing to keep in mind too is when the markets are moving like this, and let's just say normally you're a thousand lot trader, you don't need a thousand shares. You could you could do the same damage on the upside and the downside with you know. Let's say 500 shares or 600 shares. I mean, you have to. What a great point. Yeah. You have to be, believe me, you know, and then that way, if you do that with multiple positions. I I will tell you the same thing. When the volatility increases too much, I actually, even if it's working for me, I sometimes am in decreasing my size because there's so much more risk. So, you know, even, you know, you're like, why would you ever decrease your size? I mean, there's a, there's a point to be made because, you know, what was moving for 300 shares before is moving for 100 shares now. So maybe I'm decreasing to 200, you know, just to control risk to a certain extent. I'm not saying to do that across the board, but there's, you know, you've got certain to stocks. consider that, especially from a risk return perspective, is that the risk is so much higher right now that in some cases it makes sense to reduce your size, depending, depending on your overall trading style. Um, All right, so do we yeah. have any stock-specific well, news, yeah, or are we, we just going to talk we, about we do. Uh, we We do, and maybe the last thing I'll add is, like, the two things here that really concern me. One is the whole nuclear war threat, obviously, but then the other concern here is the whole contagion aspect, right? Is like, well, Russian the Russian economy is just tanking. We, we, all, we all know this now, but what what domino effect does that trigger right in other parts of the world you, we, yeah. you don't know so uh maybe it doesn't but maybe it does you know uh so uh, yeah that's the, the, those are the unknowns here we do have some stock specific news though there isn't much as i said off the top there is a scrounging there is a giant vacuum of news out there everything is all signs point to ukraine and russia yeah everything else takes a back seat the only stock specific news we have this morning is is coming from over the weekend. The Berkshire Hathaway annual letter was released. If you if you don't read that, I'll put the link in the chat. Uh, it is one of my favorite things to read every single year. I love the way Warren Buffett just makes things so easy to understand. He's so folksy. Yeah, I'm always in a good mood awesome. after I read it. Awesome. Um, he just, he just don't, he doesn't, it's not like he's dumbing it down. He just speaks in plain English, which that's is, what it's all about. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what is, you know, you really understand something when you can simplify it to explain oh. it to somebody who is not even in the field. That's when you know you really understand it. And that's when you, you have a real edge is when you have that much understanding that you can simplify something so much. So, um, did you have an example like from? The, I didn't read the annual letter. There's a lot going on well, this weekend. Yeah. Berkshire Hathaway was definitely not my focus, but that's yeah, understandable. No, I mean the biggest takeaway from the from the letter itself was that for years, Berkshire or Warren Buffett has uh, expounded like the three pillars, right, of of the company. Right, it's the insurance business, it's the energy business, it's the transportation business. Well, now there's a fourth pillar, and it's their Apple investment because their Apple investment is 
is huge. They own yeah. 5.6% of the company of, of, of Apple at, at large. What did um, they say about that? Is their their Apple stake is worth more than $160 billion. It counts for 40% of their overall portfolio. Um, and they talked about it. A lot. How can they not talk about it? It's, it's a huge part of it. Why has he done that? Why has he allowed that to become such a huge portion? Because now Berkshire Hathaway, I even know, I look at what Apple's doing. You got to really watch because there's a huge correlation in Burke and Apple. I mean, Apple was, Burke was always, you know, more value stuff. And Apple certainly is, you know, more classified. I was saying on the value tech as opposed to the growth tech, but why has he allowed that to come that, big in his portfolio did he say well he attributed a lot of that um appreciation to apple's own buybacks apple's buying back their stock yeah and that increases the value of the stocks currently in the market so uh that was one thing he attributed to and he's was very effusive and 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 praised um praised tim cook uh in the letter um should be noted that Berkshire Hathaway has also bought back a lot of their own stock in the last couple of years. But um no, that's all he really said was they bought back their own stock and that's that's how propped up our investment. But it's it, Are you telling me that this guy has this big a position? If I could ask one question at the yeah. Berkshire meeting, yeah. you know what it would be? Like, are you selling calls? In Apple, are you buying? Puts? I don't think he's ever done that. Has oh, he ever I mean, sold come on, the most sophisticated, the best investor in the world. I mean, Maybe. you know, we talk about options and things like but that. But he doesn't hedge himself, and that's the, the one thing to consider, Joel. Is and I'll take the other side of this argument. Is sure, I want to hear it. Is in the long term, if you still believe in the upward drift, hedging is a cost. Hedging is a cost he does not want to incur because he still believes in the long term. You know, he's got such a long term thesis. He's not going to hedge himself. He's not a market timer. When you put on a hedging trade, you are trying to time the market. When you're buying something for the next decade, you're writing calls against it. You're trying to time the market, saying it's not going to go up more than my call premium. It's not his style. That's not what he's about. So we're traders. So yeah, we like hedging. Yeah, you know, we can see a headline, you know, we're like, okay, what does this mean? I don't like the markets for the next month or two till this stuff figures it out. We hedge ourselves. But he doesn't. And the hedge is a cost. You're buying, even if you're writing options, you can say, oh, you're bringing a premium. But the cost comes if the calls go up more than the premium, if the stock goes up more than the option premium you brought in, then there's an implicit cost to that. So he's not a market timer. He's already said he's not a market timer. It's not his style. And if you're investing with Warren Buffett, I think I'd be disappointed if he started writing calls and stuff on it. Because I know when I'm going with Buffett, I'm going into stuff, you know, where he's got the 20-year time horizon and he's buying stuff growth at a reasonable price. I love investing with Warren Buffett. I actually don't own any Berkshire. I should. But my whole style of investing is around. And I don't typically write calls against my portfolio either. For the same reason is that on the long-term stuff because you want that upward drift. Trading, yeah, I do all kinds of fun things trading. But the long-term stuff, you're just trying to hope yeah. and hold I, that the market's going to grow over time. Style. I don't know if it's his style to hedge, to, to put on any long-term hedges. That kind of defeats the purpose of it. Uh, right? John okay. says he sells calls. Uh-huh. I've never seen Berkshire Hathaway. You can bring do it they up. have I've to never disclose seen... that, Dennis? Do they, have to, do, the, do they have to disclose I think so. That? I would think so. If you have really? open calls. I, yeah, I, I don't know. So. With, 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 yeah. with, with derivatives, it's, it's complicated. Uh I, I really don't know what the rules are as far as options or swaps. On, 13, on the 13 Fs? Yeah, I really don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't Spencer, know. are you going to the meeting? I also don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> submit my question because, you know, I mean. It I don't know why you let it grow me. that big. It's not yeah. his style. 
What is not his style is to put all his eggs in one basket. And when he's 45% apple, that's a pretty big basket. Well, so I, that I, is what let's I'm clarify. Let's clarify. It's 40% of their equity portfolio. It's not the whole company. You know, Berkshire has Joey and other. A big chunk of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, again, the four pillars, right? Railroads, insurance, energy, and now Apple. Can you get Warren on the show? When yeah, we tried? Warren. We probably could. We could probably put Raz with Raz his connections. Raz could, Raz could call Raz Danny could Gilbert, and then Danny Gilbert could call That's Warren. It. I think Raz could get Warren directly. We got to. He probably want to do I it. I think though. he could. Raz has said before he thinks he could get him. All right, let's put him. let's put out a personal challenge. Everyone, should we put his cell phone? He's number He's scared on what here? we're going to ask him. Raz is scared what we're going to ask him. Joel's going to ask him, why don't you hedge with options? Can't you see the money down? And I'll be like, why'd you let Apple grow to one point? He'll say, I'm never coming on that show. <laughs> I think Raz is scared to bring you know what? on this show I, for good I, reason. I don't, think, I don't think that would be an issue anyway, Dennis. <laughs> if Warren said he's never coming on again, let's be honest. He's, 90, he's 91 years old, right? I mean. I, I would ask him. You know what else I would ask him? What does he think of the metaverse? Sure, he doesn't like. Well, it. we already know from Charlie that uh, I think that they don't think much of the metaverse. So yeah. I'm probably on the same. Uh, I think there's a place for the metaverse. I like Disney as a metaverse play. I still like Disney. Let's talk. I was you. a good call. You talked it's pulled back. That. Well, it's been a good call. It's like pulled down from the earnings. So it got smashed and destroyed on on Thursday. Bounced back. Would I be buying a dip on Disney? Like let's look. Let's okay. Let's say you got some cash, and you want to be buying some dips. And you got a dip here this morning. What stocks are you buying? I'd buy some Disney. A long term, five year time horizon. I think it I think I'd buy some Disney right now. What they got the you know the the I, I don't think the Disney Plus is working as well, but a lot of that premiums come out of it now. The parks are getting back open. I mean, we go into a nuclear war, it's not gonna be good for Disney, but <laughs> we're we're assuming there's no assuming there's no nuclear war happening. I think I'd house a mouse it up a little bit right now. We got a big lot. Well, you know, I what? have a little piece of Disney already. Okay, this is uh, this is first. Come on, what's sticking out here to you, Spencer? I'm making this really big and easy for you. This is like a what is a big level in a huge level in Disney today, tomorrow, next One, week, next month. One forty. Uh, yeah, you're looking at support, but yeah. okay. Well, oh, three- oh, 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 are you, are you looking at resistance? Yeah. Oh, I I always do that. I always go the wrong way. Whatever Joel <laughs> wants to say, I always go the other way. Uh, resistance. Uh, what do uh, one two three? What is that? One fifty. Yeah, just just ballpark it. Six. What is that? Six. One fifty. No, no, that's too high. I'm looking more short term. Oh, you're looking, looking at, at one fifty. Oh, you're looking at you gotta get through that one fifty. Yeah, that's just such a you know such a you know nice uh, round number. But just one quick tangent today. I know we're. We're not doing any tangents today because the market's so busy. But you mentioned Charlie Munger, right? And then yeah. Charlie Munger, big Michigan guy, right? Built a huge dorm and everything. I went to the Michigan game yesterday. Unfortunately, we lost. But speaking of Zinger Nation, I did have a $19 sandwich at Zingerman's that my brother-in-law bought for me. Very good. You got to get some Zingerman's. Zingerman's Deli, one of the best delis in the world. So I just because it had the zinger in there, Michigan. I had to big it in. Promotion for Zingerman's. It's great. You ever been there, Dennis? Where is that? It's in In Ann Arbor. No, but where? I've been in Ann Arbor. Uh, It's kind of Carytown near downtown. It's not on the campus. I don't think I've been there. No, 
Okay, Spencer, real oh, estate. So Dennis asked about Disney, which doesn't interest me right now as much. That's not as interesting a question as like the defense stocks. That's a much more interesting question. Yeah. Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, yeah. uh, LP. That's a much more interesting question to ask this morning than, than Disney. No offense to Disney. But I've got like, the LMT RTX pair on right now. Um, just that's just short term. Uh, so I'll just limit my comments. But I just say overall as a group. Um, and that means when I say pair, I'm long one, short one. So I'm just trading them against each other. Um, but I, I mean, LMT breaking out to new highs. I mean, this is typical. You're going to see this. But if so, this is all just headline. Yeah. They're all just going to trade on headlines. Yeah. So war escalating. Their stocks go up. War starts talks. So these are actually counter market trades right now. So if you're buying LMT, it's going to move opposite to the market right now, the overall S&P. So, and that will eventually correlate once again, but right now completely opposite. You're buying, you're, you're, you're betting on escalation of war talks, of, of the war over there. So, and obviously even escalation of war talks elsewhere. So that's what you're betting on with all those plays. Give the, the four I always look at, maybe you have some other ones, is right, LMT, RTX, GD, and NOC. Is there any other ones that I'm missing? No, you got the. I four. mean, you got LHX too. You could throw in there. Yeah, yeah. The, it's yeah, you see, the five, when, the big five. Yeah, the big five. Now, I I know you guys think about that, and you know, being uh, traditionalists and everything. But when I when I think of uh, of war stocks, and I I, I kick myself because instead of writing an article about it, I should have been buying the stock. But th- this is my defense stock right here, baby. Cyber Arc and also Palo Alto Network. I think on pullbacks, it's a good yeah. point, Joel. We should mention we should mention that trade last week, Joel. So it was it's not just those two. Palo Alto up eighteen percent, Cyber Arc up thirteen percent, CrowdStrike up ten percent. This is last week. Mandy yep. up ten percent, Octa up seven. I don't know what sale is, S A I L. That was up sixteen percent last week. Qualis up seven, Fortnite up six, Norton Lifelock, uh, Octa, Checkpoint, all Z Scaler. All had great weeks last week. Yeah. The whole sector. Yeah. I think There's you have a good point sector. here, Joel. I think you have a good point um, with the cyber stocks. And I would be the buyer of cyber stocks on the pullbacks here. Obviously, I wish I would have been buying more here in the last, um, you know, on the last dip. The opportunity was there yeah. two days ago. Jeez. Palo Alto, that's one of the biggest moves that stock has ever had. So we go from a good earnings report where they actually hit every hit stock it. the next day and they hit this too. After the good report, props to Kramer. We beat him up a lot of times, but he was saying to buy the pullback on this. He was absolutely correct. 470 to 570 in two days. Can you come in now? It just ride 100 bucks. So I don't want to chase it now, but I tell you, on dips, the cybersecurity stocks are a good play in this environment right now. So CYBR, PANW. Um, you can go into Sentinel One if you want to, a little higher valuation. Little That's ass, right? There. Yeah. That's ass, yeah. Um, and then CrowdStrike as well, CRWD. Those are the ones I think about. Um, you know, there's Norton LifeLock and LOK, which are, you know, not as sexy of names. Um, those, those are five. What other ones you got for me? Let's get a whole list going. Uh, I, well, I said Z-Scaler. Did I say them all? Z-Scaler. Oh, yeah, Z-Scaler. Obviously, Man- Z-Scaler were disappointing earnings. Man- Mandiant, I mean, that's the former FireEye. Uh, What's symbol on that one? MNDT. You know, uh, I don't trade it, that one. Well, and so the old Fire Eye, Dennis. Oh, that's Fire Eye. That's the old Fire Eye. I just said that. I literally just said that. I know. <laughs> so I heard you say it, and I didn't process it yet. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. He's on oh the delay. God. 
I'm on the delay. Everybody complain about the delay. I'm on the delay here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, All right. Qualis. What about Palantir? What about Palantir? Yeah. Oh, we don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. All I know is Kathy's, I think, she's, did she sell any on Friday? She got, she's really slowed down the selling. Yeah, yeah. She's actually going to get rid of it all. This year it's like a thousand shares. I, yeah, I was going to say she sold like a thousand shares across. She sells like five million, five million shares. Oh, I'll sell a thousand shares. <laughs> oh, no, 200. ARKF, she sells 200 shares. ARKX, she sells 100 shares. This is not a made up. She literally sold 220 shares in ARKG. What the hell is the point for her to sell 100 shares of something ever? Commission that's free trading. Her, that's wasting her trader's time. <laughs> Anyways, she wanted just to say, make a point that she was still selling, I guess, but she's selling 100 shares. Uh, Net is also one. Fortnet, FTNT, a lot of these things. FTNT What's going on? Did we, get, uh, did we get a little bad news? I don't want to be too reactionary here. but uh... All right, I got to cancel orders. Nothing's going on. No buys. No buys. Nothing's going on. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, it's just a 15-point move. That's nothing. And uh, also, I know we're going to bring Tim on in a second. But what do we got on Friday? Uh, What do we got on Friday? Jobs number? Yeah. Who cares? What about IronNet? What the? the, Is IronNet cybersecurity? Uh, IronNet is... What is that? I don't even know what it is. I, I uh, traded before, but what is it? Matt's asking because there was a short report on Friday about it. Uh, oh, so this is... I thought he was asking because it was a cybersecurity. What do they do? It, I have no idea what... I, it, it went up like on a sh- short report? The name of it sounds like it should be cybersecurity. IronNet. We stop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, is it? It, it, it is a cyber play. You're right. It is. is it? it sounds like it is. But it's much IronNet. smaller. It's a, it's a $500 million company. Yeah. Uh, and they got a very bearish short report on Friday. Yeah, because it came out. They got a bearish short report it, and the stock no, ripped that high? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. The short report didn't come out until like the afternoon. It came out like 2.20. Oh, and then, and then it started coming after that. Yeah. So I don't trade these smaller micro cap stocks. And it is when you get down under a billion. I typically don't trade any of these things. It's not a micro cap. It's $500 million. $500 million. Anything under a billion as well. You're on the delay. I just said anything under a billion. I throw it as micro cap. What do you throw in as micro cap? Where's your parameters? 300 million is the, is the under a hundred million, 300 million. Are we communicating today? Dennis, me and you. (laughs) No, we're not. I'm on delay (laughs) and you're on delay. Do you know RTX? Microcap for me is under a billion. I'll change that. Under a billion. You know what? RTX makes the, you know what the Iron Dome is, uh, Dennis? I know, Spencer, you know what it is, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you know that they're developing that for the water, too? To get missiles underwater? That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. The Iron Dome, Dennis, you know what that is? You You should check that out. No, it's a defense no. system that Israel has, and just missiles coming in there. It is going to yeah, get to shoot them out of the sky. Very cool video. I hope we have that as well. That in yeah. action. All right, yeah. let's let's bring on Tim here. It's Mondays. Uh, you know what that means. It's time for market structure Mondays with Tim Quast. Tim, how are we doing? Well, thank you. Good to see you guys. How are you? I'm. I'm a little bit. You know, Dennis was doing the dance. This is what we were doing the last three days at uh, Winter Wondergrass here in Steamboat. So I'm a little, I'm a little hoarse from screaming and shouting enthusiastically for ki- the Kitchen Dwellers, Yonder Mountain String Band, uh, uh, the Wood Brothers, just some, some great music outside in sub-zero temperatures here in, in Steamboat Springs. I want Tim's life. 
He lives it up, man. He's got the dream. I got the below zero temperatures. I'd listen to some nice music here, but nobody's coming up to Georgian Bay anytime soon. So. There's not a winter wondergrass Georgia Bay. No, unfortunately, ah. no. We used to have some type of winter thing up here, but with COVID, I think it all got canceled. Remember, Ontario's still in COVID. <laughs> Rest of the world's over, but Ontario hasn't got rid of it yet. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Well, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim uh, what, tell us what, what, what the market structure I was, I was reading a little bit over the weekend and this morning just about yep. uh, lack of liquidity in the markets, what that's doing for volatility. Um, give, give us your perspective on that. Well, we talked about that a little bit last Tuesday, Tuesday I think, yep. didn't we? Spencer? A little bit, yeah. I, I noted that the, the average trade size in the S&P 500, so this is the number of shares traded each time a trade occurs, was 100 shares, uh, which is exactly the regulatory minimum to make a, a bid or offer, to quote. And, uh, and, and yet at the same time, the average number of trades in, a, in a, the typical component of the S&P 500, realizing it will be skewed by some of the larger components was 50,000 trades. It went up from 40 to 50,000 trades last week in the, in the, the five-day average. So that's an astonishing number. And Could you say that again, to, Tim? Could you explain that again, please? Sure. Yeah. So, the, so pick a component of the S&P 500. How many times a day does it trade? Okay. Well, the 20-day 20, 20 average is 40,000 times a day. It, the five-day average was 50,000. So that's an increase of, of more than 20%, whatever that number is, 24%, I think. So 24% increase in the amount of activity at the same time that the trade size dropped from 109 shares to 100 shares. So that is an, that's an indication of a lack of liquidity, Spencer. What that means is that you have to do a whole lot more stuff to accomplish what you could before. And it tells us that the the, the amount of shares that are re readily available to buy or sell is really very, very small. Yeah. And that's a liquidity problem. So then if there's volatility, you get massive moves in the market. That's how the market goes up and down uh, in, in, ex in extremes, like we saw Thursday, Friday, then as soon as we came out of the options expirations period. Remember, we talked about this too, Tuesday. I said, generally speaking, no matter what is occurring on the planet, that if stocks are down into options expirations, they will be up afterward. That is the central tendency. And it proved to be true, even though Russia invaded Ukraine and the Fed reaffirmed that it's focused on raising interest rates. Well, back up three weeks ago, and we were, there was all this hand-wringing about, well, the markets are very concerned about hiking rates. Well then why did the Dow go up 830 points best day since since 2020? Well, I, I'll, that's, there's your answer, Spencer. L liquidity, the absence of liquidity combined with the presence of machines that change prices and third, getting past the expirations period where the uncertainties are removed and machines lifted the market sharply and human beings who don't want to miss out on the bottom followed them. But then what do you have today? Well, I'm not saying that they, you know, we're going to give it all back. I can tell you that, the, that in the S&P 500 again, another data point, we love data, 49% of all trading volume is currently short, borrowed. And so for half the volume 
to be manufactured or used temporarily creates an environment where it's very difficult for the market to hold its gains. If the buying ceases, the presence of a lot of artificial liquidity in the market will push it down, particularly when the, the trade size is very small. So other than that, everything's fine. Huh. <laughs> and I mean, this is what you're talking about with liquidity. This is the market makers backing off the quotes. This is what they do in times of stress. It's called, yep. you know, if you want to go with, it's called adverse selection risk, where, you know, you've got a market maker that's sitting there at the bid and the offer. And they're basically in this environment, the bulldozer just got a lot bigger. So they're backing off the quotes. So they don't get Back run over by the bulldozer. I mean, when you look at the markets and exactly. right now, it's absolutely, I was actually talking about this even after hours. I have not seen this, Tim. Maybe we talked, did we talk about this two weeks ago? The S&P being wider than yes. it normally is. So SPY yep. versus the futures. <clears throat> the SPY algorithm that is trading after hours is usually trading it in a three cent range, three cent spread. They've backed right. it off to seven or eight cents. Yeah. And I can see it, which is incredible. I haven't seen that in years where you actually have yep. the algorithm that's doing the futures S&P ARB backing off too. Like the futures is the most liquid vehicle and the SPY is very liquid that tracks it. So for right. that wow. algorithm that's running that to back off a little bit too is telling you that the adverse selection risk is high here. They're getting picked off at three cents. So they're backing off to seven or eight cents to keep making money. Because that's yep. what you do if you're running an algorithmic market making system. And you know, Joel, you were a market maker. And I've run I've run small cap money market algorithmic systems. You, you know, for years I ran off. them in the early 2000s. <clears throat> you start losing yep. money, you back it off a little bit. Okay, we're too tight. We got to back off a little bit, and that reduces the liquidity that Tim's seeing. And it's not that's not a change of three or four cents. It's a change. It's a 120 percent increase in the spread. That's what it is. That's that's an extraordinary increase in risk for folks who don't actually want to own something. Market makers are not are hoping not to own anything at the end of the day. So uh, you can make a lot of money on those spreads, but it also means you want to be out for sure by the end of the day. So it creates additional risk, no question. By the way, in SPY, short volume is 64%. 64% of the trading volume is short. That tells you it's an arbitrage trade. That's what it is. You can very easily go short SPY and long a basket, and then it goes back. Well, what does that create in the market? It creates an absence of capacity for the market to sustain its gains. You get some big moves, and then the market gives them back. That's a challenging environment for traders. Dennis, you've given a lot of great information mm -hmm. on this show over the years, but that stat that you just gave, um, you know, well, no, uh, just my observations, not even. No, no, stat. no, no, no. It's not like, a stat. Yeah, your observation. I mean, uh, to I, me, that I was is talking, the most. Yeah, that is. I, it was so actually another trader, uh, Rob Friesen. You know, Rob, and he yeah. was talking with him on the phone about it last week, and he was seeing the same thing. And I'm like, I, have you seen that before? I'm like, have you seen the spy quote back off like that on the futures mm -hmm. arc? And I'm like, it's been a long time. I probably have to go back to thinking about it. Like you don't remember maybe, but probably going back to the financial crisis. It's been a good decade before I saw an what SPY about, about futures are bought back off a bit. COVID. No, I didn't see, see it then. Maybe. Really? Well, maybe. It was so crazy then, Joel, though. We, we right. got... So and and it's it's you know it was crazy. That was we were down two thousand points one day. I mean that was a crazy environment. So I'm sure it, it probably did it then too. But it's telling you the risk is elevated right now. 
And I just want to make just one, Tim, I'll let you go. Sorry. I just want to make one comment about that for, you know, for traders and, you know, whether you're, you're new or active. I mean, that does, I mean, it's more risk, but that does create opportunity. I mean, you put your order, like, don't hesitate, put your orders out. If you have a target in something, like somehow if Disney goes back to 150 today, I mean, have your order out there at one forty nine ninety because it it's going to get taken. They're looking for liquidity. So if you have your points, man, don't don't market it. Don't say, oh, I'm going to do better than that price. Say, hey, if the, stick it out there, do it because you're going to get done for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and from a from this a perspective where one can observe where your trades occur and and adjunct to that point, Joel. Uh, I, I, as I've mentioned before, I pay, I pay a small commission so I can see where my trades occur. Um, when they're being executed in dark pools, including my own broker's dark pool, I know that there is more demand out there. Uh, when, when my trades make it to the NYSE, I know I'm in trouble <laughs> because that is, the, that's, that's, that's where you go, truth. that's where orders go to get to get picked off to get adversely selected so yeah that, that's the truth when you start seeing the volumes and this always happens the vol- off exchange volumes start dropping with increased volatility because too much toxic we send those orders away because there's a lot of risk happening. i don't want that one i don't want that one i don't want that one either <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if we're helping anybody here who's hoping to figure out, you know, where's the money yeah. going? It's, it's uh, you know, what do you do in this environment? Uh, right, Good question. Uh, we it, should ask you that. What, what do you do, Tim? <laughs> yeah, Tim, you know, where, where what, is is your, where, where, what is your playbook for this environment? Uh, well, as ever, it's diverging supply and demand, particularly where demand, the way we look at this, a uh, 10-point scale, is five or better. I want to own things with demand at five or more, meaning there's excess demand and and diverging supply. So I, I could give you a couple of examples, and they're not sexy stocks. Uh, Pepsi and Progressive, PEP, PGR. These are two okay. example, examples of stocks that have the kind of market structure. A, 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 I think of that as the behavior of money behind price and volume in context of rules, and those things will cause stocks to go up or down, and you want those things to be as favorable as possible for you. Uh, I could look at the fangs and say, well, it's, they're, they're bottomed, and there's been an enormous amount of short covering in the fangs, but I can't profile returns to save my life in that group, and if you can't, if you can't mathematically uh, established that there's a probability of gains, then the math is telling you, be very careful. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, get a gain in Apple or this thing or that thing. I'm saying that that's not where the money's going. Right now, the money continues to manifest a very cautious posture, which shows up in, in how appealing the supply-demand equation is in Pepsi or Progressive. And we could look at, uh, you know, a number of others like that. Uh, here, I'll share my screen. By the way, you can tell I got some sun too. We were we were out yeah. we were out snowshoeing, and it was just a perfect day. Uh, but uh, we got a pretty good tan uh, at the end of February as a result of that. Okay, here we living are. Living the dream. What a life. He's living <laughs> the dream. He's always living the dream, man. It's so so. Here's how I look at Pepsi. 
it, and again, this is supply demand. Traders, you can do this too. too. Marketstructureedge.com. You can name an email. You can try this. Try it for a couple of weeks and, and see if you can follow how we think about this. It's a very simple way to think about the market. All, all economies establish prices through the nexus of supply and demand. All commercial activity somewhere arrives there. You know, there can be things that, it, that distort those outcomes, and the market has those two. Options expirations are one of those. Uh, today, index futures expire. It's part of the reason that the market is down. It's not that people are rethinking the risk in Ukraine. This is a product of huge moves in the market that create liabilities for counterparties, the parties who sold those and who have an obligation to fulfill them. And so you're going to see volatility today. It's very important to know. That another rule, new month, new money. So tomorrow, there's going to be money coming into the market in all probability, and it, and it will go places. But so here, look at this. There are just three things to know. This is PEP's price. This is Pepsi's price, 30-day view. This is the supply-demand equation. Notice how it stayed right at five, so you don't get a whole lot of price movement. What will then cause the price to go up and down is the third input here, which is supply, short volume. So if demand stays level, but supply rises, what will the price do? It will go down. You don't wanna own it when demand is below five. Now, demand is rising again, and supply is falling right into a new month. That tells me that there's a probability that low volatility money wants stuff like Pepsi. Okay, well, let's follow that, right? We just wanna follow the money. And the same thing can be seen in PGR, progressive with the hilarious uh, television commercial advertising. <clears throat> but here again, we can see the same condition. Generally, uh, it's a five. When supply rises, the price falls. And you don't wanna own it when, when demand is below five. Now demand is reverting to five and supply is below the trend, below even 40%, well below what's occurring in the broad market. Well, once again, that tells me that <clears throat> from an options and futures standpoint, that the large institutional money, index funds, quants, they're long. That doesn't mean the price is going to soar, but it tells you that there's a very high likelihood that these things outperform the broad market. And if we can always outperform the market and you just keep taking gains and not chances, you can make good returns. So that's what we look at. Those are the things I would offer Spencer. Awesome. Tim Quast, Market Structure Edge, link on the screen, a link also in the description, Market Structure Edge dot com tim always a pleasure have a good rest always of a pleasure to see you guys have a great Next week time. thank you all right. all right we got seven minutes left let's do some ticker time drop your clickers for us in the chat we will give you our informed or uninformed opinions and joel will give us his levels on uh what he thinks is significant for you to recap tim just mentioned two he mentioned progressive and he mentioned pepsi let's go to the first one that i see uh, that we haven't already discussed today. Let's go a little bit off the board here. Uh, let's go. Okay, we can go Rocket. We can go RKT. Sure. We don't. We don't, we don't talk about this stock too much. They had earnings, right? Uh Thursday, I think. Last Thursday, I think. Triple D. You want to go first, or you want? No, me? I, I haven't liked this stock for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's got you, you've, you've bounced significantly off the lows, ten fifty-five to twelve. Um, you know, now so the you, you already had a big move off this thing, fifteen, seventeen percent in two yeah. days. So if you are getting into it, I'd wait for a pullback here. 
rising interest rate environment is still there coming whether they're going to rise as much maybe not with war going on but it's still coming and i just don't think it's the environment i want to own a stock like this and sorry uh i'll just go i'll just go short term here um you know, nice move off off the off the actual new all time low. It just got to. This is like one of these one of these moves where you just got to see follow through, right? And it already started to wane a little bit of, of, on uh, on Friday, and that was a pretty good market day. So for me, man, this I don't thirteen is the super nice round number, but I'm seeing Friday's high and the weekly high right at uh, at um. 1270, 1284, and you're 70 cents away from that. So that's major resistance for now. If you want to try and buy this on a pullback, which you went from 11 to 1270, buck 70, right? So that's 85. So maybe you want to try and reload. I would wait till uh, get closer to 12. Uh, 12, that could be a little bit of a pullback there, but really important for it to clear this 1280 high. What about uh, this is an interesting one? What about oh, realty income, real estate? Oh, you remember oh, oh, for Chris, Chris wants to know about oh, it's usually defensive. Oh, look at that. Oh, that this is so easy. Just uh, look at these monthlies, man. You ain't going nowhere till you take this out. That's super extra monthly resistance. You got to absolutely respect that until it gets through 72. Pat the least resistance lower. I know that's a ways away, but that thing's just sticking out to me like a sore thumb. All right, M- Matt Miller with a super chat for Taiwan Semi. We talked about this one last week. Oof, well, the scared and of so I, I just... so sensitive to the news headlines right now. Yeah. And and someone else mentioned Baba. It's kind of the same story, right? I not to this quite to the same degree, but anything out out there, anything with with China or Taiwan or. Or Russian or Ukraine high, high headline yeah. risk right now. Headline risk is very high. Yeah, and so, Baba, wow, hundred bucks bounce right off. I mean, you got to go to the psychological levels. Look at that open on Thursday, right at the very low. Open at the low, hundred dollars and seven cents off of a big psychological level. So hundred is huge support. Yeah, you're you're there. You you bounced off at once and gets back down. Does it bounce again there? It might, but like you, to your point, Spencer, there's so much headline risk out there. Do I want to go into the stocks that have more headline risk than the other ones? Not really. I don't know if you do, yeah. Yeah. Got to get through 109 here. Plain as day. Uh, High on uh, the bounce day, 08.95. Sellers stepped down yet on Friday, 08.55. Looks like they're stepping down today, so... Got to get through 109 for any upside. On this one, if you want to try and pull back, maybe 104.50 and lean on that $100 low. But, boy, China's been kind of quiet, huh? That's kind of... Not, I mean, not really. <laughs> I mean, maybe relative. I mean, as far as, like... <laughs> Commentary to the Russian situation, they don't yeah, know what that's to what say. I'm Maybe. I mean, I still see a bunch of stuff coming out of there. and it, uh, I don't know. Maybe relative to Russia... They're quiet, but yeah, there, there, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, high bar there. Yeah, a very high bar to clear. Uh, what? About, okay, what about AMD? Um, I love the company. Obviously, Lisa Sue has turned it around. We bounced again. We did not make a new low. I think if you're looking to get into something and you want to increase your risk exposure, I mean, AMD around here maybe makes some sense. Um, I'm again, I'm not doing that, but you, you got the 100. The 100 is huge. We told we opened down right at the lows there on Thursday again, 104.26, and we bounced right out of there. So you get down. I don't want to chase up 119, 121. Maybe you look to Friday's low, 116. Maybe you can bounce there. 
I like it better than a lot of other stocks. Uh, boy, these highs are kind of, oh, uh, just keep an eye. Three star, 121.50. Yeah, two highs in the same area. And I, I'll tell you the thing about AMD. It's like my numbers are not that, it, like, I'll give you 121.50, and then I'll look during the day, and it will go, like, to 122.75. It will blow right through it and then come back in. So you got to give yourself a little wiggle room in that one. Uh, but I'm looking at 121.50 as resistance. Buying on a pullback, pre-market support right now as we speak with no news, no other extraneous 118. Looks like you got a buyer. Yeah, a couple more here. Someone just asked for the cues. Joe, why don't you pull up the key? Had a look at the yeah. I mean, it, it, it was the your, it was your leader last week, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think it will still lead. I think tech stocks. I'm going to just say that overall environment that we're in is if you are underweight tech and you've been underweight tech, I think it's time to start getting a little more tech into your portfolio. And I like the growth tech stuff. I actually like the Kathy stuff here. Um, you know, and I was talking about that last week. I'm talking about it again here. I still here. can't believe it. Honestly. I think ARKKs and obviously nuclear war will throw everything out the window. Assuming there's no nuclear war. Gosh. 5750? I think there's a high possibility that that could be the low for the year. So I actually am somewhat, and I've been starting to add some of the growth or na- growthier names into my portfolio. Not getting crazy, just nibbling into some. I know, obviously, I've, I've bought some U, which is a pure growth name. I bought some Square. We know I bought that one. There's a few others. I've been nibbling into a few little growthy names, and they haven't been good. I mean, but, <laughs> you know, actually, U, I'm up in. I actually bought that one okay. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm just adding a little bit in there to the growth of your names. Because I think, again, my thought process was if we've got geopolitical risk, the Fed is going to be less aggressive. If the Fed is less aggressive, that works better for high growth tech. So that's how I've got to that conclusion that I kind of want to own a little bit of high growth tech in here. Um, if I'm, I'm going to own something. You know, I'm, I have no problem if you want to own nothing. Lots of unknowns, lots of headline risks. But if I'm starting to nibble in, I'd rather nibble into this than oil stocks, believe it or not, for the simple reason that eventually I think stuff will calm down over there. And when the dust settles, is the Fed less aggressive than they were going to be? Maybe. So I think high growth tech is uh, is a place where I'd actually be adding to on dips. Q's has a similar setup to uh, the S&P's. Uh, came all the way back last week. Actually, this got uh, closer to Friday's high, the previous Friday's high. Uh, but this, you know, the 340, 346, I mean, same setup as the Spoo. So, all right, I'm going to hop. I got the Brenster coming on. He's got a host of good topics to talk about here on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Ooh. So, everyone, uh, be safe out there today. Uh, back with you at uh, 1030 with Pre-Market Prep with Stock Odds. Speaking of the Fed, real quickly, this is from the CME FedWatch tool, bringing that up here. Yeah. Uh, and, again, I'm looking at the uh, – these two cells on this table. These are. This is what the Fed. When do they to. update this daily? No, it, it's it's real time. You just have to refresh. It's not a page that. Oh, okay. So they're updating this all so, the time. But what I wanted to say was, this is. I'm looking at the top row here. Yeah. Uh, this this column here, the probability of a half a point rate hike in March. Um, a month ago was at like forty percent. Yeah, it's dropping. And now it's down to twelve percent. 
right? So yeah, it's too much geopolitical. I don't think they're going to go. Right. I don't. And somebody right. else was saying they think it's like three or four percent chance only of a fifty basis hike. I think you know the way we were trending before, we were leaning towards that almost at a certain point in time, and now with all the geopolitical uncertainty, yeah. that's gone. So you got to analyze what works better. In an environment where the Fed's not going to be less aggressive, I mean, the banks got hit for a reason, too. So, obviously, the SWIFT stuff, which we never even got into, is not helping the banks here this morning either. No, no. Uh, I don't want to get into the banking system because that's above my pay grade, but not good for, you know, bottom line, not good for a lot of things with, you know, Russia and, and SWIFT. Um, just bringing it back, though, I think if we're Fed's going to be a little bit less aggressive than we thought, that means maybe we've overshot on selling some of these higher growth tech names because some of these things are down 80, 90%. Not joking. And maybe those are the ones you don't want. You know, am I coming into Apple here? I already own Apple. It's a pretty significant rally. Apple's not even far off its all time high. So I don't know if I'm coming into Apple. I actually like some of the really, really beaten down names kind of right now. All right. We're going to hop. We got live training with Benzinga coming up next. Dennis, have a good one. Uh, Mitch, Ryan, and Junaid are ready to go uh, to trade with you and take your questions. So coming up right next here, right here on YouTube.com slash Benzinga. Before I go, want to remind you all about Benzinga Pro. It's our real-time news platform. Get 25% off. The link to get 25% off is on the screen. It is also in the description of this video, and I will place it in the chat for your convenience. There it is. Get 25% off Benzinga Pro by clicking on that link right there. Thanks to our guest, Tim Quast. Monday's shows are sponsored by Market Structure Edge. The link to his site is also in the description of this video. Last thing is if you're on YouTube, you want to support us, you can do it in two ways. One, smash that like button. Two, hit that little join button on the top of our page. Become a YouTube member. Get access to exclusive emojis and badges uh, of myself, Money Mitch, uh, Hot Stocks Luke, Aaron Bree, and more. And on that note, we are done for pre-market prep today. Live trading with Benzinga coming up right now. Stay tuned for that. Everyone have a great rest of your day good luck off the open and uh stay green Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sign up. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.